We keep it alive. We keep it kicking. And we make sure it's sassy. It's the Emerging Into Greatness podcast. Are you ready to take your business further? Hello and welcome back to the Emerging Into Greatness podcast with Sassy Shade. Today on the, on the show, I have Rebecca Tracy. Rebecca Tracy, all the way from the States. Yes, I'm really, really excited to, to be able to speak to her. Um, I know I have not been on for some time, people. I'm sorry about that. I haven't done much interviews, but I guarantee you, listening to this lady is worth the wait. It's worth the time that we have not, or I've not done any interviews. And Rebecca Tracy is the CEO of The Uncaged Life. I think that was what actually attracted me to want to dive deeper into her. When I saw that heading, I can't remember where I found you, but I did. And I'm like, oh, Uncaged Life. Oh, what's that about? Uncaged Lifers, you know? So I thought, okay, I'll give her a look. And I, and I started looking and people, you want to hear about this lady. This lady started her business from a van. Who does that in a year? She was in a van in a year, slept on hammocks, okay? Are you getting the picture of who I'm gonna be talking about yet? Okay, let me give you just one more. She slid down volcanoes. Who does that and is still alive to talk about it? And not just alive, but is doing great things for other people. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce Rebecca Tracy of the Uncaged Life. Normally, mm-hmm. we have a drum roll, so that's. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> that's our mini drummer. Welcome to the Emerging Into Greatness podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. I just have to clarify too. I'm Canadian. Canadian. Ah, yes. okay. Great. Thank <laughs> you for that. Great. great Very great. important. Um, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. I can't wait for you to dive in. You slept in hammocks for how long? (laughs) Well, I slept in my van. (laughs) But I do remember taking client calls in those early days from, I was on a rock climbing trip. So we'd be in a beautiful place in nature on a cliff and I'd set up a hammock and get on my client calls because that was all I had. Wow. So no matter where you were, you had connection and that was that. Business was rolling. Uh, It was, it was difficult, (laughs) but it it was rolling slowly, yeah. Tell us all about it. I mean, that's a whole idea. Tell us more. Tell us you know, about you. We want to know more about you. How did it all start? Um, I started, so I was a um, holistic nutritionist here in Toronto, working <laughs> with clients, doing some nutrition work, doing some life coaching work. And uh, I knew that I wanted, I was kind of dabbling, you know, I was like one foot in, one foot out, not really sure what I was doing, kind of mm-hmm. trying to make it work, but still had another job and knew that I wanted to go, knew that I wanted to build this business to be something that I could do while I was traveling because I do a lot of traveling. And my boyfriend at the time said, oh, we should buy a van and go on a road trip. And I was like, you know what? What better time to really dive headfirst into my business than on a road trip? So so it kind of started that way. And it definitely, the first year in the van was definitely challenging. I mean, it's challenging enough starting a new business, let alone trying to do it two days a week with bad Wi-Fi. Um, but I got through it, came home and things kept rolling. And I mean, that was eight years ago now. So it's easy to look back and go, Oh yeah, that was fun. But it really was, I mean, it was stressful as, as it is starting every business. So, you know, once, when you say you started that bit, a business, what exactly were you doing? 
since you were traveling? What, how, what kind of business would you say was it? Um, so it was, I was doing coaching. Uh, I was working with um, mostly other health coaches and other life coaches who were kind of trying to figure out what they wanted to do in their businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was doing it from more of a coaching angle. Angle. So I, was take, I had one-on-one clients. I was doing client calls. Um, but then I was also doing all of the behind-the-scenes stuff to try to get those clients. So lots of blogging, doing lots of interviews, just connecting with people in various Facebook groups. So it was kind of the, the actual client calls were, I had a few, <laughs> didn't have a ton. Um, and a lot of it was more of the kind of building behind the scenes that you do to try to network and, and build those connections. Mm-hmm. Okay. So while you were doing that, because I know when you're in coaching and you are in an online business, you would, you know, need to do networking. So I'm just trying to understand if you were living, you know, through the van, um, were you able to go out networking? Were you networking at all physically or was it just online? No, nothing. No. And I still don't do a lot of in-person networking really. And I don't do any, everything I do is online. So, and that was always my dream was to be able to do this work online and not have to be in a specific location. And so when I was in the van, it was all online. It was in Facebook groups. It was in um, I was in the B-School group. I started my own group. So it was just um, connecting with, with people that were on the internet, internet okay. friends. Wow. So you, you definitely took advantage of the internet, not just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I do see you have really grown. I mean, you say eight years. Eight years is, to me, short. <laughs> you, you have scaled through what you are now. And I know you, you've only just started, you know, but eight years is still short for what yeah, you... Yeah, I guess it is. It feels long in, in, in internet time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels long. But still, you know, for someone, because I'm just trying to, uh, trying to think about it. Like you're on the, you're, you're, you're traveling, you're in different cities, different towns, Okay. Yeah. And you're not in quote unquote, the comfort of your home. However, the van was home, but still you, you still had, you still had focus because it takes a whole lot of focus. Yeah, it does. And especially being on the road, you know, when I'm supposed to be on this amazing road trip and having fun with my partner and being outside, um, I really had to discipline myself. So our, I would work about two days a week. We would go to a Starbucks or a whatever we could find mm-hmm. and I, we would hole up and my partner would just go and amuse himself for the day while I would work. Um, and at the time I probably wasn't working the most efficiently, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I was doing whatever I, whatever I could do. Um, and it definitely felt like a slower build because I was on this trip. So I knew that I wanted to I knew that I wanted to be enjoying the trip and not just working 24 seven. It was a a really interesting balance because as soon as I came home, I dove into working 24 (laughs) seven. So I think the trip was a really nice way to give myself some time to, um, and I recommend everyone does this, maybe not in the form of a road trip, but just give yourself some space and some time to play around with your ideas, test things out and not have the financial pressure of having to make money right away. Because the beauty of the van was it was really cheap, <laughs> we, you know, gas and food. We had no expenses. And so um, there wasn't this pressure of like, oh, my God, I need to be, you know, paying my crazy high rent in Toronto or my mortgage or mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't have kids. So um, it was nice to just have that 
that time to Mm -hmm. experiment with my offers and with my marketing before I had to worry about making a lot of money. So if that's the case, that sounds as if you literally gave up your physical house. Like literally. Um, I did. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I mean, it's so at the time I was renting a place in Toronto. I had a couple of roommates and, um, so I left that, uh, but it didn't, I have moved a lot in my life, so it didn't really feel that stressful. Um, mm-hmm. I've, it, I was kind of used to bopping around different places and not really okay. owning anything. So <laughs> that was, that was pretty, pretty natural to me. Had you had any kind of training before? Because I mean, if you were, you know, you said, you said you, you had a handful of, um, of clients that you were training or speaking to or helping or coaching. Do, mm-hmm. Had you had some prior training to that yeah. time? Yeah, so I did, um, so I would say that the training that I was using most in those days was my life coaching training. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was primarily what I was doing. I happened to be working with people who mostly wanted to start their own businesses or work for themselves um, because those were kind of the people that I was surrounded with in my life coaching community and my health coaching world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I ended up coaching them on aspects of their business, but I never would have said I was a business and marketing coach. I always came from the life coaching angle. Mm-hmm. And as years went on and I got more experience in my business and learned more through other courses that I took, I, I realized that I actually was coaching them on things like their branding and their messaging and some of, some of the, some of the business focus. So it took me a while to kind of own that because I didn't have any formal training and I thought like, who am I to do this? I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I started doing it, I realized, oh, I'm really good at this and who cares if I don't have an MBA, it doesn't really matter for, for the work that I'm doing. So it definitely took some time it took a it took probably about four years before I transitioned into actually saying that I do marketing or that I teach business stuff to people. Okay. But that was that was because you you had started getting results for you and for even for your clients, I believe. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. It was just testing stuff out. Um yeah, it was just a matter of really because I, I think every business owner at the beginning it's an experimental phase. I'd say the first year, one to two years is all an experiment. It's like we have an idea in our head of what we want to go out and do. And then once we get out there to do it, we might realize that it's not exactly what people want, or maybe people don't need it, or maybe people need something else. And that's actually more interesting to us. And so it's kind of like a blend of what we want to do and then what the people need. And so that, that first few years for me was just kind of figuring that out. And then once that period was over, I was like, all right, got it. Know what I'm doing. We can get rid of everything else and double down on this stuff. And I think that's, that's how it goes for most business owners. So what would you say is the most important really for anyone? Because there are quite a number of people who are struggling. I do have friends who are in the coaching business. I'm not in the Mm -hmm. coaching business at all. Um, But I do have friends who are in the coaching business and what I hear mostly is getting client, paying clients who will pay, you know. And so what would be your advice for some, you know, for people who are struggling in that place? Because when you look on social media, you see other coaches who are, you know, other coaches out there who are boasting of six figures and all that. I saw that on your website that, listen, it's not really just about the six figures initially anyway, especially the first three years. It's really about getting clients. So what would your advice be for that? Those people in that area. 
Yeah. I mean, I have lots of it because this is exactly what I focus on in my business. But the, the biggest thing that you can do is get really specific about who you help and how you help them. And I think that this is where a lot of coaches go wrong, mm. um, not, not go wrong, but just don't know, or just haven't, haven't really been, um, the point hasn't been hammered home enough that they really need to drill down. So especially for something like coaching, that is a little bit intangible. It's not everybody understands what it is. And I feel, and I've, I'm trained as a life coach, so I, I did this as well, as well, so I understand it. But we tend to come out of coaching school with a new vocabulary of words like values and life purpose and these sort of big, um, big concepts, which are fantastic. We should absolutely help people with those things. But usually the way that coaches come out and try to market themselves is talking in that language. Mm. And if they go and they see, you know, Susie at home, who's not happy in her life, she's probably not sitting there going, you know, what I really need is just to really look at my values. Right. Mm. She's not saying that. She's like, why does my life suck? Everybody else on Instagram looks like they have it made. Why can't I just get my shiz together? Right. So she's talking about these things very differently than the life coaches are talking about them. And so if they try to go to market to Susie, she's going to be like, oh, it seems nice, but I don't know. It's not really like, this is my problem. Not that. So it's so, very mindsetty. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it's a lot about really just niching in. So picking a focus for your mm -hmm. coaching, picking a target group of people, a target problem that your business solves, mm -hmm. and then really, really taking some time to study those people, doing market research, having conversations with them, coaching them, and really starting to listen to how they're talking about their problems. And then that's what you're going to use to market to them. So I think that that's the biggest disconnect that I see and why a lot of coaches have a hard time getting paying clients. There's a couple people out there who are looking for specifically life coaching and maybe they're coaches themselves. And so they understand some of the vernacular that coaches use, mm. but overall we need to be changing the way that we talk about what we do so that clients can see it and go, Oh my God, yeah, that's exactly what I need. You read my mind. And I see that's it's not happening a lot in the life coaching world because there's just not, you know, I think most coaching schools, don't have great marketing training because that's not what they're there for. They're there to teach you how to be a great coach. Mm. And so I think coaches need to really understand that they need to invest in, in marketing training after their coaching. Just being a good coach is not going to get you clients, unfortunately. Exactly. So yeah, I hear that. I actually hear what you're saying because with it, I mean, that, that even is across the board in anything that you're going to be doing, especially if you're going to be making money out of it, you're going to need to market. So just knowing the trade or the niche or whatever it is you're doing is not enough because who knows you're out there if you're not marketing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And having, and just actually niching in. So, and I mean, my, my primary market is brand new life coaches. So I go through this with them every round of my program. Um, people don't want to niche in because they feel like they're leaving people out and there's more to their business than just this one niche. And I can tell you that you're going to make money so much faster if you niche in. And the reason that that's important, not because of the money, of course, we all need money to live. Mm -hmm. so, so it is important, but it's not like, oh, you need to make a million dollars. But if you go for long enough in your business, not making money, you're going to quit. It, mm -hmm. That's just what, what happens. And so yeah. the sooner that you can get that money coming in, the sooner you can invest in your business, the sooner you can actually start to expand your niche to something broader, but you need to start specific because you need those paying clients to really help you see that this is a viable thing. Cause I think if we don't see it, we don't believe it's possible and then we want to quit. 
Yeah, exactly. Sure. You know, and with you, like I said, you know, when I was reading uh, about you, you seem very detailed in when, you know, with your clients, you seem very detailed. And I was reading one of the testimonials and majority of them kind of said the same thing. It's like they came in not really knowing but once once they did their pro the, the program with you, you know, because there are I I believe you do have a program that you know that you put them on that you know they come yeah. on. But once they did do that program with you, they they were selling. They were selling out. So would it? Would, are you saying that it's what we've just discussed, which is the marketing, or is it uh is it a whole package that you would offer the people or that you've offered these ones that have come out with huge testimonials? Yeah. So there's sort of four main areas that I think every new business owner needs to focus on mm-hmm. um, before they go and actually do like what we think is marketing. So, so when people say like, Oh, marketing, you mean like Facebook and social media and email newsletters. I'm like, yeah, no, before all of that. Mm. So, and that's, that's what I teach. So those, those things are having a really strong, clear message. Mm-hmm. having a, a clear niche and doing market research with them so that you can really dig into their brains in terms of what they need mm-hmm. and then creating packages that are specific to those people based on the market research and then learning how to talk about all of this so that when you go off to do your marketing, when you do blog posts or you do email marketing or you post something on Facebook or Instagram, you're actually talking about it in the way that's going to resonate with your ideal clients. So that's kind of the process that I take people through. And it's the fact is you can't skip it, whether you do it with me or not. I don't really care. I just think that like, I'm so invested in making sure that new business owners understand that you can't skip those foundations because a lot of, a lot of people go off and they go, okay, great. I have my business. I'm going to go make business cards. I'm going to make a website. I'm going to go try to write some Facebook posts, maybe run Facebook ads. But without those foundations, all of those other efforts are just, Mm. they're not going to work because they're not focused enough. Yeah. So I see a lot of people come to me and they say, I've been marketing, I've been doing all the things. And when I look at it, I'm like, you've been doing all the right things, but you don't have a focus. And so it's not working. So we need to come back to the beginning, which I know you don't want to do, get really clear. And then all of those things you've been doing will start to work. Mm. Mm. Exactly. Amazing. But the thing is, I want to take you back. Mm-hmm. I want to take you back because I'm very, I'm very into the middle you know, when I say the middle belt, I mean, um, when we start a business, there's that beginning, there's a middle where it's so hard and so difficult that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't see or hear about. And then there's the time where you're shining, you know, um, I usually love talking about the middle because mm-hmm. it's in the middle that a lot of people tend to lose hope yeah. and give up. And, um, there's also in the beginning when you, you know, when we say you want to, we want to live the laptop lifestyle mm-hmm. in a way you, and I say, is it okay to say that you didn't set out to be that, but you made that decision to go into business while you were living the laptop stuff that you, without even knowing, because you were living in the van, you were, you were, um, journeying around, around the world, basically different, different cities. Yeah, I definitely always knew that I wanted to be able to work while I was traveling. Mm. Um, so that was always the, 
the goal for me. I wanted to work for myself. Um, I loved, I loved helping other people in different ways. And I took me some time to figure out what way I wanted to help people in, but, but being location independent was always very important to me. Um, and it tends to be for my clients too. Now, most of them don't necessarily want to travel around the world. Some of them just want to stay at home with their kids, which is great. Um, whatever the reason is, it doesn't really matter. But that, that was always one of my focuses. Now, whether I knew it was going to work or not, <laughs> I don't think I believed it would work when I started. I remember um, coming back from that road trip and chatting with a coaching friend at home and being like, how is this ever going to be a sustainable thing? Mm. Like, how are we ever supposed to get enough clients that this is going to work? Um, and so it definitely, you know, it, even though I had that dream, I still didn't necessarily believe that I would be able to do it. But you did and you're helping others. But I did. You emerged from that. <laughs> I did. To where you are now. And you have a ton of followers on Facebook, Instagram. You know, you've got, you, you, you definitely have. And this is what my, this, the, the podcast is all about, really. You know, it's about emerging. Because like I said earlier, we don't talk about that. We'll always just talk about, okay, I have a business and this is what I'm doing. I'm doing so great and wonderful. But you emerged, you know, and um, I'm, just, yeah, I, I'm just really intrigued about how you did, you know, especially mm -hmm. given an adventurous person that you are. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. quite adventurous. How many cities did you go, did you travel around in? Oh gosh, I don't know. We were all over the Western United States. <laughs> oh my God, for a year. For a year, yeah. And I still do. I mean, I just, I just got back from a two-month trip out in Western Canada. And so I, I do a lot of traveling now. Um, I'm, I've gotten to the place in my business where I've figured out <laughs> how I can yeah. do that and still, and still work. Um, but in, the, like, in those middle stages, it was really just about, for me, the, the option of quitting my business and going back and working for someone else just wasn't there. I just knew that I would never thrive or even survive in this world. Mm. If I had to go to a job that I hated mm -hmm. and work mm -hmm. for someone else, it just, I just knew that, that I had to figure out a way to make this happen. And so because I had that drive, because that drive was so strong, mm. um, I just figured out a way there. I can't say there was one magic thing that, that helped me. It was just consistency and, um, Actually, I do have one, one magic thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was consistency and it was just being willing to try new things. Okay. It really helped me grow. I, I wouldn't say I grew overnight or, or super yeah, fast, sure. but often I think it, I did grow faster than a lot of other businesses I see. And that I, I attribute to my willingness to just put things out there and not overthink it. Mm, not overthink it. I'd do it. If I wanted to you know, interview someone, I would just email them. I didn't sit and think about it for a month or try to perfect everything. I was just constantly launching things and getting things out there very, very quickly. And then getting the feedback, did it work or not? And then adapting and then putting the next thing out there. And so that I think is such a, a that's me naturally. <laughs> that's just how I am. I know that for a lot of people, that is not how they naturally operate. Mm -hmm. Learning to get over the perfectionism and the fear and just start getting things done more quickly because the quicker you do that, the quicker that the ball will start to roll. If we sit and think about our, you know, a great example is I have clients who are like, you know, I've been trying to figure out my message for a year. I'm like, what if you just decided your message this week <laughs> and got on with it? Like you, there's not, you don't have to think about it for a year. Um, think of how much time you could save and how much more could happen once that piece is out of the way. 
Mm, I like what you just said there. You said something about getting over the perfectionism, which is what really, really brings, a, sets a lot of people back. Yeah. Yeah. We talk a lot about that. And I actually have a life coach that works with me in the program that I run because perfectionism is such a huge business mm. killer. <laughs> and mm. so she works with that. She works with my clients. Um, yeah. I think the, I think we just have to realize that it's nothing that we put out there is ever going to be perfect. Yeah. Exactly. And people are, and this is, this is a, a key thing that I think is kind of funny to hear, but when you think about it, mm. um, people are going to judge you anyway. Yes. doesn't matter if it's good or bad, if it's perfect, if it's not perfect, if you do it or you don't do it, people are always going to still judge you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you put it out there and it is perfect, people are going to be like, well, look at her coming out all perfect. And if you put it out there and it's crappy, they're going to be look at her being all sloppy. Like it doesn't matter. You're exactly. always going to get judged. And so it like, for me, it was just my fear of what people were going to think. Mm. less than my desire to do the thing. Mm. Wow. Well, what I'm getting from you is focus, doing what you need to do, not worrying about what people think and getting over procrastination and perfectionism. There's a whole lot of stuff in there. There's yeah, no it's a hard, there's a lot to start a business. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's thing. needed. Yeah. 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 And I think that we it's tough if you're doing it in isolation, if you're mm. by yourself at home and nobody else that you know is doing this. I know. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. You're probably just not going to make it. It's just almost impossible because you're going to have partners, parents, friends, family being like, what are you doing? Like, aren't you going to, shouldn't you get, get a job? A job? <laughs> Go get a job. Right. Um, and so surrounding yourself with other people, listening to podcasts like this, joining groups, um, even free groups, I don't even mean anything paid, but just like surrounding yourself with people who are doing it mm -hmm. all of a sudden makes you realize like, oh, this is actually a thing that can happen. This isn't just me having this dream. Like there are people living this all over the world every day. Yeah. Okay. So I just need to become friends with some of them <laughs> instead yeah. of my friends who are telling me I can't do it. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh my goodness. Rebecca, you have been a real gem. I really appreciate your, you know, your advice and your input that you've given us today. It's really, because I mean, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's, we, we don't hear about this and we do need to hear it. Yes, we do have groups. We have Facebook groups. We have, we have groups we can go to and get a bit of encouragement, but really in the long run, sometimes it's good to hear that, Hey, the middle wasn't so shiny. It wasn't so great. But yeah. I am now you can do it. And um, you've given us that today. Um, so if people wanted to get in touch with you, how can they? Yes, um, my, my free Facebook group is a really great place to start. It's full of, I think, I don't know how many we have in there now, like 13,000 people or something. Many, many new business owners. Um, everyone's in the same place getting started mm -hmm. in that middle phase or just over the hump and everyone's super supportive. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great place to ask questions about anything tech stuff, messaging stuff, just mindset stuff. It's all, we talk about it all in there. Um, and that group is called Uncaged Lifers Uncaged. and it's free. Anyone can join. That's probably the best place to just start to network with other business owners. If you're someone who's doing this alone and you don't feel like you've got people in your corner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And your website would be www.uncagedlife.com. Am I right? 
theuncagedlife.com. So ladies and gentlemen, we have come once again to the end of the Emerging into Greatness podcast with Becca Tracy of theuncagedlifers.com. Theuncagedlife.com. Um, people, you need to go to the website. You need to join the group. I tell you, it's all about pressing on, focusing, getting over the perfectionism. It does not exist. It does not exist. But um, Rebecca, thank you once again for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you are most welcome. And I will definitely keep in touch. I'm definitely going to be joining that group for sure. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> I definitely will be. Well, thank you so much once again. And um, have a great day. Thank you. We keep it alive. We keep it kicking. And we make sure it's sassy. It's the Emerging Into Greatness podcast. Are you ready to take your business further? Welcome to the Emerging to Greatness podcast with your host, Sassy Shadi. <laughs> Talking all things business, business, business. Talking to CEOs, directors, and leaders in business. Keeping it alive, keeping it kicking, and definitely sassy. The Emerging into Greatness podcast with Sassy Shadi. Sassy Shadi. There is absolutely no context. <laughs>